ready for the 2-2 two -two to Woodson, and here it comes, and it is swung out and missed, and Tom Browning has missed a perfect game. Welcome back. How was that, Aaron? <laughs> It was it was a good try. <laughs> I thought it was good. It was. I'm not upset about it. There we go. Well, welcome back to Pardon the Punctuation. Um, it sounds a little different tonight because I'm actually not there live. Why am I not there live, Ed? Well, he doesn't want to be here because this home is infested with the flu right now. As well as strep throat, correct? Oh, yeah. Strep throat, too. Yeah, we have that one. Man. Yikes. But I don't have yep. it. Want, want no part of any of that. I don't have it. I'm on the Tamiflu. By the way, the intro sounds so garbage over the phone. <laughs> well, good thing people don't listen to it over their phone. I mean, they do, it's but not true. like through this. But you know what I mean? Not through the earpiece. Yeah. Not, not through the earpiece Not like part. this. Yeah, not like, like the weird. Yeah. Not the cool way I that we're doing it right now. So, exciting news for this, this episode. It's been a year, Ed. It's been one year, dude. Happy anniversary, homie. Oh, yeah, you too, buddy. It's kind of weird to say to you, but it's, yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank you, all of our listeners. Um, over 3,000 downloads in a year. Uh, what was it, 36 episodes? 35 right? episodes. Tonight's 36. All right. So well, um, if you throughout count, the episode, go ahead. If you count the interviews, 36. Yeah, all right. Well, throughout the episode, we're going to be plugging in some thank yous that we've gotten from some of the uh, the guests that we've had throughout the year. Um, we had almost everybody, and uh, hopefully before we release the recording, we might have everybody. Yeah, we're missing two people. Yep, just two, so that's not too bad. Um, so we do thank everybody who did call in um, with their thank yous um, for, uh, for their time, and... Uh, Without further ado, let's get going into this week's episode. Let's talk a little Bearcats. Keith Williams waits near the top of the key. They pass to the left elbow. Keevan Davenport to the right elbow. Bounced off the shoulder of Martin. It's intercepted. Long lead feed. Caught by Cumberland. And he throws down a right-hand jam. I figured we'd use that one since there wasn't any good that came out of Sunday. Um, or even in the game before that. So oh, yeah. Even that this, game. <laughs> this past week... We lost to number 25, UCF, in Orlando, 55-58. Uh, if you didn't watch, it was senior night. Taco's mom, Taco Falls' mom, was in from Senegal. The seven foot six monster had not seen his mother in seven years. Uh, so he had something pretty big to play for. Yeah, he did. And as soon as I read that on Twitter, uh, I knew that he, it was not going to be good for us. Cause, because that's just not that's at just all. Are you still there? Yes. Yeah, that's just our luck. We don't have a... We don't have fun. We don't have luck with that. No, it was it was all bad. Um, and we came out, you know, just out of the gate, you know. As you were looking at the stat lines, I watched the whole game, and the stat lines told the story of what we saw. You know, Jaron, Keith, Kane together, they shot 10 of 36 from the field. They were 2 of 11 from 3. That's terrible. No, that's, that's not, not how good. you win games. Um, on a lighter note, Trey Scott had 20 points, 9 rebounds. By the end of the day, it came down to rebounds. And it came down to Taco Fall in the middle of the lane. And he's a big, big reason why we were, you know, 10 of 36 from field goal. Uh, Jaron looked shook most of the game trying to drive to the cup and not being able to. I mean, it doesn't help that he's been bodied pretty well uh, by everyone in the conference pretty much all season. Uh, he just hasn't been getting the calls as of late. No, he hasn't. But, 
but with all that said, I mean, you got DJ Taylor putting up 22. Taco, I think, had another 10, and he was just a menace down low with his bomb there, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was nothing about that game that was going to allow us to win. I, I just... All the cards were stacked against us, as they say, in the poker game. Well, that and the fact that UCF came in ranked number 25. And all season, which didn't change in our next game, but all season we literally lost to every ranked opponent that we played. That's true, and they also just came off that big win over uh, Houston. So there was that mm-hmm. as well. Speaking of Houston, we did lose to them 85-69 at home. Houston ranked number 12. Uh, I'm assuming you watched the game. Oh, yeah, I watched the game, yeah. So, do you think this was our worst loss this this season? Was it a worse loss than, I don't know, Eastern Carolina or Ohio State? I think it was our worst loss this season because we were actually in the game until probably the last 10 minutes when they went on an a, a, uh, 11-34 run, and that's when we just lost it. That's when Mick decided to sit. Uh, Jaron, that's when we just we, we had no answer. We had no answer at all. It As somebody who was at the game, it felt like the game was over right before halftime. That game was loud, very very loud in the first half. Um, but then when they came back and took it, was it a one point lead before halftime? We should have gone in, I believe, with something like a six point lead. We should have, yes. If, if memory serves me correctly, and we literally just held it all up. We literally and, laid a goose egg. It, it was terrible. It wasn't. Um, we were out. We were out rebounded, forty-two twenty-eight. Um, I would. I would like to say that that's probably our worst loss at home all year. I think it was a worse loss than Ohio State, even oh, though absolutely. Ohio State wasn't ranked and Houston came in the number twelve team. Um, I mean, we got to see Corey Davis Jr. do his thing, Respect and got to see a different Corey Davis than we saw the first time when we held him twelve points. Corey Davis is a good player. Um, if he is. if uh, the coaches would have voted this week, I think he probably would have got Player of the Week over, or Player of the Year over Jaron Cumberland. Um, even and, though Jaron's stats are better, he his stats are, are much better. I think they would have uh, rode that wave and uh, and chose him, but rightfully so, uh, Jaron Cumberland got that honor. So speaking of that, Jaron was the uh, player of the year for the AAC. He was also the unanimous. He was a unanimous first team All AAC selection. Um, kind of going back to the game, though. I mean, Justin, Jennifer, Jaron, Kane, Broom. They were six of twenty-seven from field goal range, and four of sixteen from three. We were out rebounded, forty-two twenty-eight. I mean, it was it was an ugly, ugly game. And I'm not one to leave games early. But when Mick's given up on the game, taking Jaron out, not even trying down, I think at that point, like 12, maybe, um, that's when it was time to go. Yeah, he was he, – they had said, and I know you weren't watching the game, uh, or you weren't, you couldn't hear the commentators, but uh, they had right. said before the game that uh, Mick was actually going to be watching Jaron's minutes because uh, he didn't want him – you know, he's starting to get burned out, and we have the conference tournament, and then we have the NCAA tournament coming up. So, um, you know – there was there was that so well probably doesn't help when you know everyone still especially this week for whatever reason has been bringing up the uh Kenyon Martin injury and all of that I haven't read you know, it yet I'm not going, talking about it I, I haven't either and I have some questions on that later but um 
before we get to any of that, um, UC is going in as a two-seed to the AAC tournament. They're currently ranked number 24 in the nation, which kind of surprised me, to be honest with you. I thought they would have kicked us out of the top 25 for sure. I thought we deserved to be kicked out, taking it a step further. Uh, we, we can't beat a ranked team, and that's, that's a tragic that's flaw. That's a good point. But going so, into the uh, AAC tournament, it looks like the Tulsa SMU game just ended, so we will be playing SMU tomorrow night, or if you're listening to this tonight. And SMU's put up a pretty good fight against us. Most games we've played, even though we've we swept the, the series 2-0 against them this year, they, they've always put up, like I said, just pretty good fight against us. Yeah, this is true, and... You know, if we come out and play the way we played against uh, Houston and UCF, then it'll be one and done. But I don't see that happening. Just got to remember to rebound the ball, and I know that that was a big stress point from Nick after the game against Houston. He saw exactly what I saw looking at the stat line. When you're out-rebounded 14 rebounds against Houston, I mean, I understand against a bigger team like UCF getting out-rebounded, especially when you got a 7-6 monster like just a redwood tree hanging out exactly. underneath the rim. Exactly. It makes sense. But when you're playing Houston, uh, it's I'm not, not seeing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, yes, Houston is that? the best team in our division. But yes, Houston is the best team in our division. But uh, we, we should have showed up better than that. And we did show up better than that. I don't know what happened. But yes, uh, I do have a little bit of uh, Mick Cronin after the game. I'll go ahead here. Like I said, I may call Coach Fickle. Um, we'll see. I don't know if his guys, when they start spring ball, but uh, we'll have tryouts tomorrow, 3 o'clock, to see who gets on them. I'm not being funny. They need to be embarrassed. So Mick was not very happy. Um, I'm also not very happy. Uh, I had put, got put on a project at work uh, that needed to be completed by Tuesday uh, for, a, for a meeting on Tuesday, and so I missed tryouts. Um, I was, I was supposed to leave the office at two o'clock, so that I could uh, so I could get down there and get a little stretching in. Uh, but I, I missed tryouts. I sent a tryout tape in via Twitter. Um, no response. No response from Mike or Mick. So, you know. I wonder why. Uh, I just I wonder who he's gonna who, who he brought from the football team to Memphis. We'll find out, I guess. Now I did see some uh, some people from other teams, other fan bases who were upset and seeing especially that clip where he says that the players need to be embarrassed and wondering where his self-accountability was. But if you listen to the rest of his post-game press conference, or it wasn't even a press conference, I think it was just his post-game show um, courtside where he does it literally um, at the at the table. With, no, it was, it was a press conference. Was that his presser? Uh, I know the post-game show post-game, that he yeah. did with like Dan Horde and Terry Nelson. He mentioned, you know, he was embarrassed as the coach. Um, he took, he did take full responsibility. He knows how to speak. This isn't his first rodeo. He's right. not one to just be throwing players under the bus. That's not how you, especially at a mid-major school, it's not how you bring in recruits, throwing everybody else under the bus and not taking responsibility. No, that's it's a motivation tactic. And and I listened to his uh, his coach's show on Monday night um, from Montgomery Inn and. Uh, the players react to that. I think he's, I can't remember what player he said. No, he said Nasir. Sorry, he did. He said Nasir, Nasir likes it when he 
when he digs into him like that, when he when he puts pressure on him like that, because it makes Nasir uh, a play better. I mean, and for some players, that's the way it is. Mick well, knows his some team. of the rumor is, you know, especially when you see you see losing by that big on rebounds, you wonder where, as far as subs go, where a guy like Sosame is. And that's a good question. From what I'm hearing, well, what I'm hearing, and as far as some of the rumors going around, is that Mamadou is out playing him in practice, and good for him. You know, he's not afraid to shoot the ball, which is something that you can say for several players on this offense. I will say they're, this: they're afraid to shoot. Nasir did. It wasn't Nasir, right? Yeah, Nasir did come out and, and play very well in that first half. Um, but you know, it I'm happens. talking about Suseme. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like I would have played Nasir over Sisemi because he was playing very well in that first half. That might have been Brooks' best game all season. Oh, absolutely. at least in the first half. Absolutely, absolutely, it was. So anyway, um, yeah, we got the AAC tournament this week, Selection Sunday on Sunday, where we've I don't we've not lost our bid uh, to get into the big dance. I don't think anybody's concerned about that. No. What's What's your feeling as far as our seating? If we do not win the AAC tournament, I see us coming in at probably a seven and or eight. Um, if we do win, maybe as low as a five, but I'm probably thinking a six or a seven. I think that if I was a betting man and I had to gun to my head right now, make a choice, I'm putting everything on seven either way. Seven right. seems like the right number. Mm-hmm. Although I don't like that number because that means we have to <laughs> we have to come out with fire, but it is what it is, yep. I guess. But if you're an eight seed, you're going to have to play the one seed the next game, right? Right, and also, I mean, I'll take a seven because this is the team who, after we lost to ECU, I was I was wondering to myself what uh what seed we'd have in the NIT. So I'll take whatever spot we have in the NCAA. It was supposed to be a rebuilding year, and we've done nothing but win most of the season and uh except against the bigger teams so which is another obviously thing about there's the still fans. some things to be to be built on which we already knew going into this year but also something to look back and be proud of this season this is another thing of uh, some of the fans on twitter some of the fans on facebook just ripping into mick cronin because we lost to houston i mean again guys this was supposed to be a rebuilding year if you would have told me back after we lost to osu or ECU, or in between those two games, Mississippi State. Yeah, I would have said, yeah, it's a rebuilding year. We're not gonna, we're not gonna make a run like the run that we made. So, you know, I you gotta, you know, we'll have. And everybody talks about Mick doesn't recruit shooters. Mick doesn't recruit. We have shooters coming in this year. I mean, Kane Broom was supposed to be a shooter. Unfortunately, that didn't pan out. You know, it is what it is. Trevor Moore was supposed to be a shooter. Why does everybody hate on Trev? Because he doesn't shoot well. He's a great energy guy. I have his jersey. Same. (laughs) Um, With that said, I don't have any more left on on UC. Well, since it is UC, we have uh, Coriante DeBerry wishing us a happy one-year anniversary. Pardon the punctuation. This is Coriante DeBerry. I want to wish you guys a one-year anniversary, and I wish you more many years to come. I'm looking forward to being with you guys this summer in the Bearcat Jam. Have a good one. I think he literally recorded that from an airplane. 
Um, he definitely, in the, the messages we were exchanging, he sent that to us from Europe. So shout out to Corey for uh, making time for us. We appreciate it. Our first caller. You got anybody Europe. else? We have Mel also wishing us a happy anniversary. This is Norman Levitt here, former University of Cincinnati Bearcat. Probably call me uh, the helicopter, Grim Leaper, Levitation, and all those super good things. But I'm just calling, man, just to wish these guys over here, pardon their punctuation, a happy one-year anniversary. Hope you guys are uh, building for the next 15 years. Longevity is the key. All right, but keep doing good things, man. I appreciate the outlet you guys have given me so far. Uh, look forward to doing some things in the future with you. Again, keep doing great things for the city of Cincinnati and, and the sports platform. See you guys out there on the social media forums and all that good stuff. But again, best of luck the rest of the way. Happy one-year anniversary. No kisses or flowers or presents. Wow, no presents from the Levitator. <laughs> First time I listened to that. Hey, PTP. It's Justin Williams from The Athletic. Congratulations on one year. Thanks you guys do. Keep up the good work. I just want to tell you that seeing all these voicemails come in with their uh, voice-to-text translations. <laughs> the voice-to-text translations. Are, yes, they don't, they don't match up at all. Nope. But uh, <laughs> that was also my first time listening. Um, thank you, Mel. We appreciate everything you've done for our show. We appreciate you. Uh, all the time you've taken for us, and uh, now we're looking forward to uh, spending some time together with the Bearcat Jam. So, absolutely, where we'll also see Corey. All right, on Let's FCC. Talk from FCC. That's uh, our favorite song there. I love it. I can't ever get enough of that. It's exciting um, times coming up for the FCC. On an FCC front. We didn't lose. We did not lose. We actually got a point. We were playing. Well, we scored in the first game as well. But we but, got a uh, point in the standings. Uh, Touche. Um, and Atlanta United FC, they were the defending champs. That's true. That's to tie the defending champs I, I know it's not a win but it's a win you know what I mean it was a 1-1 draw in Atlanta at that they were shocked they were shocked when that happened matter of fact I have that goal the early goal would awaken the beast a little bit and you'd see more from Atlanta United I'm a little surprised today maybe it's four games in 11 days here's Roland LeBar with a chance he scores and this time it will stand. And FC Cincinnati have just landed a blow square on the jaw of the champions. And in their own backyard as well. I think I like soccer announcers. Landed a blow to the jaw of the champions. That was graphic. I liked it. So the, the goal was scored by Roland Lama in the 86th minute after we had trailed 0-1 to since the 5th minute of the game. That's impressive, man. I mean, that's not an easy goal to get with not much time left. No, you're right. It's not. Um, you know, I, I, I unfortunately didn't get to watch the game, but I did watch some of the highlights, and, and I think they, they looked better than the first week, I think. I mean, again, I'm a soccer newbie. 
but uh, I think they I think they came out playing a lot better. Well, I have some stats, of course, to uh, kind of put it in perspective a little bit. All right. Um, possession time, Atlanta controlled it 66% to 34%. Uh, FCC ended up with eight offside calls, and Atlanta had none. So obviously there's some growing pains there, along with we had no corner kicks. Atlanta had five. Atlanta had ten shots, four on goal, and FCC had four shots, one on goal. So it was a much different game. I believe, if I remember correctly, FCC had three saves. Atlanta had none. So the one time we actually shot on goal, we scored. That's yeah. pretty uh, efficient. <laughs> <laughs> we call that a one for one. But I yeah. mean, we'll take what we can get right now. We're not expected to to do anything. I mean, we're really not expected to make a whole lot of noise. No, but and like they like again, said, this was the defending champion. Exactly. I mean, that was a David Goliath match. Exactly, exactly, and and like I said before, coming out against the defending champion, tying them, getting a point. Okay, I'll take that. I know Mick Cronin said earlier this week that you can't uh, you can't be complacent with losing. Um, you can't be okay with losing, but that's not a loss. That's a tie. Plus, we gained a point. Well, and people, you know, especially, I'm sure uh, uh, Coach Koch was freaking out. But, you know, rumors were that even some of the upper brass upstairs, you know, they were starting to get a little nervous with Koch is Koch the guy if you're not going to, you know, come out and do anything in these first couple of games. And I think that kind of just settled everybody. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can make that decision off the first game in the MLS. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people. I were, don't disagree, but I'm look, I'm telling you from what no, I, I read. You know, I mean, I'm sitting here browsing through the Athletic, browsing through the Enquirer, browsing through Twitter, and I'm just telling you what I read. You know, no, I understand. Yeah, I understand. I think we people are just jumping the gun a little bit, um, but. But maybe that's just us not understanding the sport of soccer so far yet. Maybe this is maybe that's something you know uh, that goes along with the sport. I'm not sure how quick how quickly the uh, coaching carousel begins in MLS, but right. I figure you got to give a guy that you gave the opportunity to piece a team together from the USL into the MLS transition. You got to give him more than two games to even make even consider making a decision. I would. I would hope so, anyway. Uh, that's what I would assume, but again, MLS is a lot more savage than, than uh, you know, Major League Baseball or, or basketball or or even football, I guess. I mean, look how long it took us to get rid of Marvin, so. Touche. Well, we do have our first MLS home game. It's going to be in Nippert on Sunday at 5. We are hosting the Portland Timbers. Now, for those of you putting things together yes that is st patty's day can't imagine what's going on at nippert on sunday um <laughs> but <laughs> portland is also oh one and one they did tie the colorado rapids three to three and they lost to lafc four to one so they put some points up i mean as far as uh, goals rather not, not not points but they've they've definitely scored some goals here um I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how we do against a team that seems a little bit more offensive. I'm also interested in seeing how uh, how Nippert's going to hold a MLS game, how Cincinnati is actually going to um, 
you know, I, don't, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, how they're going to receive an MLS game for the very first time. So it should be an exciting weekend, you know, on top of St. Patrick's Day. going to be bananas. Oh, B-A-N-A-N-A-S, man. And I'm excited to see how the MLS responds to the Bailey because I'm not sure that Obviously, we know that there's a lot of excitement here at home, but I don't know how it compares necessarily around the league. I like to think, you know, as far as being a homer and having gone to a, a game or two down there, um, it it gets loud. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, at least listening to it on TV, I've been to one game down there. Um, yeah, it gets loud, and... And, you know, I, I don't know that I've heard any other stadiums get that loud except for over in Europe. So, you know, yeah, it could be, well, it the, could be interesting. The Sounders game was definitely loud. And listening to the clip you played, Atlanta seemed like it was pretty loud as well. So we'll see if we can offer anything to uh, kind of rival that here at home. I got to think that the crowd's going to be extra hyped with it being our first home game. You're going to have so many uh, rather than people who like just come and buy general admission tickets, you have so many people who've invested in you know the season tickets here because we sold a ton of season tickets. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, and I think the game's not a sellout yet. I think they're expecting it to sell out. Oh, looks like uh, Troy Kilpain's playing tonight. Oh, for Orlando? Not, is he playing for Orlando? Yeah, for the Magic. But yeah, oh. it, it's uh, it's gonna be exciting, and it's kind of cool also. Um, you know, seeing pictures on Twitter. And see, you know, from the last two games, you know, they always talk about the Steelers are a traveling team. You know, their fans travel. Um, they always right. talk about how St. Louis fans travel. Uh, you don't hear how, you, you know, Reds or Bengals fans really travel. I think UC fans travel, um, especially to Nashville last year and in some closer areas. But seeing the amount of people traveling for FCC fans traveling for these two games is pretty awesome. It's really well, awesome, actually. If you've been watching the games, they actually pan to where the the sections are, and it's it's been fairly impressive. I mean, Seattle is no easy trip. No, it's and, not. And you know, Atlanta is much more doable. You can do that even after the game. You can make it home before the, you know, before bedtime. Yeah, also, Seattle's no joke. Yeah, we also talked about last week how um, uh, I told you that a friend was going to the game and that they got an email about security and things like that. Uh, she came right. back and she said actually the fans um, out there in Atlanta were very. Uh, very, very good, you know, very gracious host. Um, you know, they good. didn't have problems or anything like that. So I guess it is a little bit more tame than over in Europe here in the United States when it comes to soccer. I mean, I can tell you my wife's been to Cleveland and had batteries thrown at her, so. <laughs> that's that's Cleveland. Yeah, well, we, we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I, I think we got some thank yous. Yeah, we have a thank you from, if you guys remember, this is our second interview third interview i don't even remember anymore we had bill and then we had max i think yeah that's what we had so this is max uh he was at the pride group am i correct i believe so yeah so this is max congratulations pardon the punctuation for one year in business you guys do great work thank you for having me on to talk to fc cincinnati hope to come back on in the future and i wish you successful years going forward well done so that was max again <laughs> And he'll be down in the Bailey Hitting with his big drum. old drum. Absolutely. You'll see him I'm on TV. sure, on Sunday. He will be in the front row. He will be pounding that drum. Um, so you'll definitely see Max on TV for that one. Well, speaking of TV, before we get into our next one, uh, what are your thoughts on this deal with uh, Flow TV? So 
So I didn't have a chance to actually research anything as far as Jeff Bearding going back and um, making an argument on behalf of the fans today with Flow TV because of the uprising. But I do know that when UC traveled down to, yes. what was it, the Cayman Islands? Yes, when he played in the Cayman Classic and won the Cayman Classic, by the way. Um, last year. I know both you and I, because I got the link from you, actually, to watch it. And I know we were both watching from home. That link was trash. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> There's no way to put it nicely. That link was absolute trash. And maybe it's because it was coming from the Caymans. Maybe it's because it was Flow TV. I don't really know, but hot garbage. And from what everyone's saying, they've experienced similar situations outside of just the Cayman Classic. I kind of wish that... uh because it's going to be $20. Well, so we don't have to worry about it living within the Cincinnati area because we're going to be able to watch it on Star 64. Um, but once you get into deeper into Kentucky. Louisville, Louisville uh, or Dayton or, yeah, I mean, hell, I, I would imagine even outside of like, you know, Lawrenceburg, when you get to like Aurora or Rising Sun, they might have issues trying to get Star 64. Well, um, I, you're definitely not going to get it done in Lexington. Um, so if you're trying to build some of those rivalries or on the flip side of that coin, you know, if you're trying to recruit any of the fans from the USL with <laughs> Louisville, since they don't have a real MLS team, <laughs> um, <laughs> they play on a soccer field, <laughs> on a baseball field. That's what I meant to say. Hard um, better, better joke if you get it right. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, sorry about yeah. that. Um, if you're trying to recruit any of those fans, or even if Columbus is trying to watch from afar to see, you know, you got soccer fans who want to watch the soccer game, they got to pay to pay to play. Well, and, pretty and much. Columbus, and you you would hope to try to steal some of those fans from Dayton, you know, some of those Columbus fans from Dayton, and and now they're going to have to pay twenty dollars uh, for the subscription to the Flow TV uh, when you could have gone with ESPN Plus and only had to pay five dollars. And I was going to complain about that, but now they have to pay twenty dollars with Flow. This is not progressive. Uh, so what did Bearding say today? Did you catch any of that? I did not. I listened to a little bit. I think they said they're going to try to restructure the, the contract, but the contract's until 2021. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe you'll be able to find a pirated link out there somewhere. Yeah. But Well, I think... I think we got one more thank you though. We do, and this so this was this is probably the uh, this was before Mel even called. So I think this is probably the the biggest guest that we th- that we had. Uh, and our, at least our first half year. Yeah. Um, so here we have Lindsay Patterson. Hey guys, it's Lindsay Patterson. Thanks for having me on last season to talk at the Cincinnati and Bengals. I just wanted to wish you a congratulations on one year in the podcasting world. You guys kill it. And I can't wait to listen to the next episode. Here's a minute more. I, the one thing I remember about the Lindsay Patterson interview was how damn good she was. She is so bubbly all the time. I feel like she has no bad days. <laughs> she has no bad days. It's YOLO every day for her. <laughs> but she, we I love mean, her. she knew her stuff. I mean, great friend of the, of the, of the show. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're going to have so, to yeah. definitely reach out to Lindsay again. I've been, I've been kind of uh, standoffish on le- re- reaching out to Lindsay again because of uh, you know the MLS and, and right. you know she's doing big things right now. So you know, but we'll definitely have to reach out to her again. Um, I don't know if you saw her Twitter story this week about her uh, involvement in a family group chat that she was inadvertently added to. No. You didn't see this? No. 
so she's in a group chat with like 15 other family members that are not her family and she was inadvertently added and <laughs> she explained to them that she was not part of the family and told them that you know they could go ahead and remove her well they didn't and they continue to just go in on this feed with the whole family and what have you and every now and then she just quips in with her little congratulations well done or <laughs> you did a great job just little words of encouragement in this family group chat that she shouldn't even be a part of and she screenshot it and shared it with everybody and it was fantastic i'm gonna have to go back and look at that that sounds hilarious uh, all right uh with that all said though i think it's time to talk a little reds it's all right because i'm I like the little whip at the end. So, for first and foremost, I did want to say, um, Clay Snowden from Locked On Reds, it's still not outdated yet, as most things in our podcast a week later are. But you can go back and listen to um, last week's episode and catch anything you may have missed with Clay Snowden from Locked On Reds. Um, he had a lot of great insight. We've been receiving a lot of good feedback on our interview with Clay Snowden. But um, anyway, I just want to put that out there. All of our guests have been great. Like, I've loved all of our guests. But I feel like uh, Clay kind of got our humor uh, and kind of joked back around with us a little bit. Uh, Max did that, Me too. Me, um, Well, And so did, you know, Brandon. But, yeah, he great guest. And uh, we'll definitely have him on again. He was a lot of fun to have on the show. And we're definitely looking forward to some more time spent with him. Absolutely. With that all said, though, um, we did have some significant cuts here this week where we sent some guys back to AAA and uh, I would assume AA as well. Um, so we sent back down the, uh, the big names to look here are uh, right-handed pitcher Sony T- Santian Tony Santian, good lord um, he was a name that was mentioned in the Reds Top 100 uh, a couple weeks ago when we went over the Reds Top 100 he was one of five that was ranked in our uh, um, in our system. In not, I'm sorry, not the Reds top 100, but all of baseball's top 100 prospects. Um, so his name his name came up in a couple different rankings. Uh, not everybody's, so he's not like a unanimous decision for top 100. But he was there. But we did send him back down. Um, also, right-handed pitcher Audrey Samer. I'm going to butcher this name. Audrey <laughs> Samer, Audrey Samer, uh, Despain, Despagne. I don't even know. We won't have to worry about it because he's been sent down. Yeah, he, he went back down, so he won't have TV time where I can actually get somebody else's translation of his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you are. You're on the amphetamines. I am, actually. Uh, it's called Adderall. So, you are on drugs. Okay, so back to the Reds. Moving on. <laughs> um, we also cut outfielder Taylor Trammell, um, also known as Taylor Trammell. Um, I, I believe he's actually pronounced Trammell. I think so, but too. But everyone calls her Trammell. That's everyone calls him Trammell because there was uh, Alan Trammell who played in baseball, and apparently he keeps getting asked about Alan Trammell, at which point he was tired of answering that question because he's not actually related to Alan Trammell, at which point he started just saying, yeah, that's my uncle. <laughs> True story. That's, that's um, I like that. That's good. <laughs> and other difficult names to pronounce... Uh, Aristides Aquino. I'm not even going to try that one again. 
uh, also an outfielder, uh, along with outfielders T.J. Friedel, Brian O'Grady, Mason Williams, and Kyle Wren. Also cut were Tyler Stevenson and Chris Oakey, both catchers, and infielders Jordan Patterson and Alfredo Rodriguez. The good news is none of them are on the 40-man roster, so nothing we have to worry about as far as any of that goes. Um, other big news uh, with the Reds in the last week, Sal Romano is officially going to be in the bullpen this year, so he's going to be training for that, which I think is a great move. I didn't want to see Sal Romano sent back down to AAA, uh, because if there is an injury, I think he can easily transition back out of the bullpen into the bigs without losing a significant roster spot. Uh, or, I'm sorry, out of the bullpen into the uh, the starting rotation. Uh-huh. But, no, I mean, I just think it's a good move to have him up here. He didn't want to be back down. He has made that well known that he was going to fight for his roster spot. And it looks like he did it. Yeah, I mean, and that's good. Uh, we got to keep some pitching up here, especially bullpen pitching, uh, because I think that's what really kind of hurt us last year. Uh, we had to ha- we had to have disagree, s- disagree, huh? I disagree. Our, our bullpen was what was actually good. It was the starters that were garbage. Okay, then I, I just felt like our starters. Back. I just felt like our starters came in feeling like they had to go deep into the into the game. But okay, that's fine. I, again, well, that's because none of them made it past the fifth inning. I tried to. I, I'm trying to block last season out of my mind uh, because yeah. of how bad it was. So I probably already blocked that memory out of my mind. Yeah, no, it was uh, the bullpen just got tired. Was really what it all came down to. Um, most of our starters couldn't make it past the uh, the fifth uh, into the like they couldn't make it. They'd make it into the sixth inning, but wouldn't ever make it through the sixth inning. So you got guys going like five and a third, five and two thirds, um, five, and then a couple of pitches, a couple base runners into the sixth. Uh, but nobody was making it really past the sixth inning and hardly making it past the fifth. So ultimately, you wore out the bullpen. But the bullpen stats, like they they were actually accumulatively pretty good. Well, With then, that said, though, yeah, um, Mike Michael Lorenzen did get some outfield time. He was uh, in center field and actually had uh, two catches out in center field. So that's that's what the people wanted to see. I, yeah, when I However, heard that on the radio, I was uh, I was like, okay, all right. That's fine. However, um, don't get too used to seeing Michael Lorenzen in the outfield, even with a bat this year. We're way deeper as far as our roster goes this year. When you got a guy like Matt Kemp coming off your bench, yes. a guy like Derek Dietrich coming off your bench, I mean, I, like even Yossi Jose Iglesias me. coming off your bench, just a lot. I, don't, I mean, I think could make an argument for all these guys that have those ABs over a Michael Lorenzen. You got Puig going out there turning singles into doubles. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, the the theme of this year's red season is going to be this. Everything's going to be fine, guys. Everything's going to be fine. You love that one. That's my favorite. Um, Alex <laughs> Alex Wood is still nursing a sore back. Um, we're hoping to have him back, obviously, before opening day, which is in two weeks from today. Oh, I'm so um, excited. Sonny Gray did pitch three scoreless innings today, which, you know, a couple weeks ago he missed a start um, due to some soreness, I believe, with his elbow at that point. Um, so it's good to see him back. Uh, obviously, they were not quick. You know, they just made a huge investment in him uh, for the next couple of years. So they weren't quick to rush him back out there. And for him going three scoreless today against Dodgers, mind you, that's that's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, like I said, when you said spring training is in two weeks, I'm excited. 
I'll get this on. I want to I want to watch some Reds baseball again. I want to buy a new hat, maybe buy a new jersey this year. Listen to that organ. That's always one of the best parts of the game. <laughs> um, so I know we had the guests on last week, so we didn't really get to have a whole lot of back and forth. I didn't want to dwell on the Reds too long last week. But now that I got some time to ask you some of these questions, Uh-oh. what do you think happens with Nick Senzel? Well, we talked about it last week, right? Um, I know we did, well, but I, I didn't yeah. really get your take on it. We just kind of got Clay's take on it. No, but I agree. I agree. Um, selfishly, I want to see him up on, on – uh, on opening day, uh, but what's probably going to happen is he's going to go down and come up uh, a little bit later. Um, that's just the way the. Politics. I think what you're going to see. I think what you're going to see this year is we're going to find out for real if upper management wants to win or if they really are just making business decisions. I think this year they want to win. Past years, I would have told you it's business decisions. It's uh, keeping the players that the fans love um, because they're afraid the fans are going to come out. But I think they found out last year, uh, keeping those players that the fans love, the fans didn't still did not come out. I mean, we loved Billy Hamilton, right? We still right. didn't come out. Um, so, so they got rid of Billy Hamilton this year. Um, so I, I think – well, I think they're in it to win it this year, uh, if you want to call it that. Well, and when you say that, I automatically think that they should keep Senzel up here. However, again, kind of going back to depth, and also kind of my next question is, you know, what happens with Matt Kemp? We have a deep enough roster that you can afford to send Nick Senzel down for two weeks. Now, that sucks for Nick Senzel. It does. If you're trying, If you're trying to get paid... Because that prolongs that big paycheck, that you know, that big payday, that big first contract, that, that extends that out another year, all because of two weeks. However, you have an ex All Star here in Matt Kemp, who you could argue he's not going to be a starter this year because you're going to have to. He's not really a formidable center fielder at this point in his career. So you're going to have Shebler in center. You're going to have. Puig and left, and you're going to have Winker and right. And what do you do with Matt Kemp? I was in the camp, so I'm actually surprised that Matt Kemp is still with the team. I was in that camp where I thought we were going to use Matt Kemp uh, for another trade during the off season. Um, so the fact that he's this far um, into spring training, um, you know, two weeks away from opening day, and we still have him. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. He's still beating the hell out of the ball, which is good to see what you want to see out of a guy who, you know, is going to have limited at-bats. Especially at Great American Ballpark. Correct. And at the same time, I mean, we've seen some of these guys go down. We've seen Shebler miss plenty of time. We've seen Jesse Winker miss plenty of time. And I don't know that it's a terrible idea to keep Matt Kemp around for, you know, should Jesse Winker and that bad shoulder act up again. Yeah. He says that this is the best... Uh, multiple reports are saying this is the best his shoulder's ever been going into a season. With that all said, if he goes down, what do you do? Well, we got this guy, Matt Kemp, again, who was just an all-star last year. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. And it so, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super stressed about Senzel being up here next, you know, in the, in the, in the first two weeks of, of breaking camp. But at the same time, you got to think that if they want to win right now, he's here. Yeah. And I think they want to win this year. So that's. So what do you think? What do you think the lineup on day one looks like? If you're going one through eight, 
I and I think we can agree that Sonny Gray would be our starting pitcher. I'm sorry, I just day. got distracted by something I saw on the internet. Um, <laughs> to be honest, this girl got Norse tattooed on the inside of her lip. All right. And it says, sorry, Norse up wouldn't fit. I mean, they're not that... We'll talk about that later. Um, I, to be honest <laughs> with you... Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know what the I don't know what the lineup looks like. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not. I love. I'm not baseball. necessarily asking you to put it in order. Yeah. I, I mean, I know what my order would be. If I got to put my order out there, I'm going Praza shortstop number one. Okay. Um, I think this year is the year that you transition to Joey Votto number two, and that's a bold move because you could just as easily put Scooter in that same number two hole. But I think this is the year that you put Votto at number two. I think you put Puig at number three, and I think you put Suarez at number four. I think at number five, I'd probably put Jesse Winker, and at number six, and maybe you ch- maybe you switch these out. I'm not sure right-left combinations between Vado Puig, Suarez, Winker, Jeanette, but I think Jeanette would be your number six, and again, you could switch out Jeanette or Winker for five or six. And still feel pretty okay about all that. Honestly, when you just said um, right-left com- combination, I thought you were about to tell me the uh, code for Contra. No, get out of here. Okay. Um, <laughs> number seven, um, who am I missing here? Uh, outside of uh, Tucker at eight. Tucker Barnhart would be my eight. Um, seven, oh, seven will be, uh, I guess, Shevler or Sunzel, whoever's running center field, and obviously that could change based upon performance throughout the year. But uh, we have a disgusting, serious offense with not a whole lot of defense, as we discussed with Clay. Aaron, when you're here, I get distracted. I get distracted by when you're not here. I get distracted by the internet very easily. How come a video just came up on Twitter of Bob Huggins popping up out of a coffin? You haven't seen that video this week? Get out of here, man. It was from the 90s back when Kenny Martin got injured, and he said, we're not dead yet. Wow. Sorry for the distractions. All right. I, I failed. Do we have any thank yous for the Reds? Opening day is two weeks away. We do. Day Reds. So we have Sean, who was uh, one of our first one of our early guests, yeah. Um, we have Sean, uh, who, uh, Sean Young of Locked on Reds, and we have uh, uh, congratulations from him. Hey, this is Sean Young with Locked on Reds. Uh Congrats, Aaron Ned. One year of the podcast. Really enjoy it. Thank you for having me on. Um, definitely happy for you guys. Uh, the podcast is very funny, very insightful. Um, just really happy for you guys. You really capture what it's like to be a fan of Cincinnati sports. So here's to uh, your one-year anniversary and many, many more. Hey, P.S., Google thinks your name is Aaron, E-R-I-N. I saw that. Thanks, Google Voice to text. Um, and then we have Clayton. Hey, hey, Ron. <laughs> hey, 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 Ron. Present. Oh, sorry, present. Uh, then we have uh, uh, Clay from last week. Hey, pardon the punctuation. It's Clay Stone with Locked on Reds. Just wanted to call and say congratulations on one year with the podcast. Um, you all are doing a great job, and I hope to continue to, continue to see it grow. Um, I'm proud of you all, and um, I've been on the podcast before and look forward to seeing you know, what what it can be and look forward to coming back on. So, go off a good one. All right. Again. Thanks, Clay. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Sean. What? Contributing to, uh, I said, thanks, Clay. Thanks, Sean. Contributing to uh, our snag, really. 
shenanigans. All right, we go on to the <laughs> to the Bengals. It's St. Patrick's Day on Sunday. Come on, man. Oh, I got you. All right. Since I, oh, I saw a t-shirt, I saw a t-shirt. I have it saved. I don't know what company it's from. I don't think it's. I don't think it's Cincy shirts, but it said Cincinnati Anigans. Like Ooh. shenanigans with Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati? Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, on to the Bengals. I'm going to never hear you say. Says to Mike Brown, I hate Mike Brown. I can't breathe because I want to run through a brick wall. They got OBJ. Yeah, yeah. Since they got OBJ, I wanted to run through a brick wall. Straight from Patrick is going to be able to cover him. Since me, I hate Mike Brown. Blew your chance, blew it. I hate everything about Mike Brown. I swear to God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my mind. Shut your mouth. I hate Mike Brown. So, that's. Uh oh. What is going on here? I think we got a phone call. Should we answer it? Uh, pardon the punctuation. Hello. So that was uh, that was Matt Alaire uh, on Twitter. He's also named as Paco. Uh, he's the Mike Brown's turning the fans against us, and and the fans are going crazy. And I don't know what to do um, anymore as a Bengals fan. Aaron, do you have any thoughts on what we should do as a Bengals fan? What was your first reaction to everything that transpired this week? Um, my first reaction was um, okay. We gave up. Uh, my second rea- second reaction was, "Oh, cool, we signed Preston," um, and then and then I gave up again. All right. So my reaction when everything happened this week was, "What the fuck are you doing? This is fucking ridiculous. We signed fucking Bobby fucking Hart. We what the fuck are we doing? No one else is signing Bobby fucking Hart. What are we doing signing him for twenty one million dollars? Goddamn Bobby Hart, like please." kidding me it doesn't make any sense like bobby heart and then you know we got the browns they're trading for obj meanwhile we're signing preston brown we're signing cj uzama both which are formidable but they're not anybody by comparison to anything anybody else is doing sign a free agent and then you know i had some time to sit back and just breathe a little bit and i'm like all right so the next day it came out, we signed Bobby Hart, $16 million for three years, and everything's okay, and Sennings will get him to $21 million. Preston Brown, three-year deal, he's a hometown kid, we needed linebackers, we, we already have talked about how badly we need linebackers, we're good there, CJ Uzama still could be signing Tyler Eifert, let's not rule that out, alright, we're okay, everything's okay. Brandon Wilson, who's a very fast safety. We signed him to a one-year deal. The other guys are on three-year deals. Cool. We're all right. Denard's still not signed. Douglas Denard will be okay. But the Browns, they signed f***ing OBJ. They, I mean, they, they trade for OBJ. Sorry. But, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, we, we signed Bobby fucking Hart? Right tackle Bobby Hart. I mean, he's a 
return style in the NFL. Like, he's given up 10 sacks. Last year, he was a machine at getting, oh, penalties. Yeah, that's great. Bobby f***ing Hart? What are you f***ing doing? So I'm really torn on how to feel about any of this. No! No, God, please, no, 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 no! That was my reaction. I mean, that, that sums it up. That was my um, reaction. On a side note, as we're talking about the grass being greener, uh, we did sign a cornerback, B.W. Webb, from the New York Giants. Um, obviously, this has something to do with the defensive coordinator, Lillian Arumo. Um, there is a connection there. It all but seals the deal that we're not going to be signing that tonight again. So I don't feel very good about any of this. Although uh, Pro Football Focus does compare B.W. Webb and Douglas Bernard as comparable. I don't buy it because we know what we've seen in Bernard. However, we also don't know the system that Lou Anaroma is going to be running. So if this guy suits the system better, all right, well, I guess I can buy it. We're really just trying to sell ourselves at this point. Um, I, I, I want to sell the Bengals and, and get an AAF team. I actually am not going to go to a single game this year. Oh, no, me neither. I, unless somebody gives me tickets, then maybe I'll go. But but no, I'm not going to a game this year. I, I, I'm, I, I, I can't. It's yeah. going to be incredibly difficult not to believe in a guy named Coach Taylor. Yeah, that's going to be hard. It's not the Coach for, Taylor I know. For, for all the reasons. Um <laughs> It's also going to be very difficult not to buy any new Bengals gear because sometimes in your mid-30s you go through body transitions. Um, but <laughs> on a lighter note, <laughs> the Bengals are also supposed to be bringing in uh, cornerback Brian Pohl from the Falcons, a guard John Miller from the Bills, a linebacker Shaq Barrett from Denver. Um, Shaq Barrett was really good up until Denver replaced him in the first round last year with uh, somebody to be on the other edge coming uh, coming off the edge on the opposite side of Von Miller which it was Shaq Barrett's original position um, they're saying that he's one of the they're labeling him a linebacker I'm not sure in our system he'd play linebacker I think he'd probably be a defensive end um, John Miller though a guard from the Bills he was a starter last year and started to turn the corner so that might be a good sign as we are currently looking desperately for a right guard um even uh, anything to help out that right side. Bobby Hart. Um, and then obviously, you know, with the, the cornerback issues um, that we, we did have last year, in addition to depth at corner, um, I wouldn't be terribly upset about this Brian Poole signing from uh, from the Falcons. So if you're going to go for second-tier guys, at least they're moving on the second-tier guys before waiting until the second week. That's a good analysis of the Bengals, who I would not be watching this year. I'll be watching them because... I sold my soul a long time ago. I've been talking about this this week. I was born in Maryland. And if my parents had stayed there, it could have been fans of, oh, I don't know, the Redskins. Or, uh, I don't know, the Ravens. Either way, I'd have a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I'm never getting one here. Wrong. I no. Hope so. Because then you would have been a you would have been a fan of a killer. So, it's fine. No. You, you, didn't, want to, <laughs> you didn't want to do that. <laughs> Do we have any thank yous from anybody in the Bengals? I mean, Lindsey. We'll play Lindsey Yeah, we again. don't, do we? No. Uh, why, don't we uh, why don't we play the one that we didn't have anybody for? Hey, wait a minute. Brandon did leave a voicemail. Can you play it right now? I can. Here it is. What's up, fellas? It's Brandon, your favorite Browns <laughs> fan from the 937. Just wanted to call and wish you guys a congratulations on the one-year anniversary of the 
start of the PTP, also known as the Part of the Punctuation Podcast. Um, wishing you guys all the best. Looking forward to being a part of the big things to come. Cheers. So that was Brandon. And much like our interview with him, uh, we had to record it twice. <laughs> Lots of technical well errors. Played. How come every time Brandon calls, well, we have technical errors? I mean, it's it's fine. The same reason I have a calcium deposit in my hand from punching the refrigerator because of him. It's fine. Okay. I broke my wrist. That's, an interesting, wrist. that's an interesting story. You guys are out there because this is... It's been a depressing week. Uh, yes, yes, I am. I'm ready. Play that fucking music, white boy. All right, rounding third. You want to go first, Dad, or you want me to go first? Did you do anything to celebrate our first day this year in the seventies, or anything to um, celebrate Pi Day, perhaps? Uh, today. Um, yeah, I stayed home and uh, I did work from home and then I uh, no I didn't do anything no alright uh, I grilled out last night Ooh, I was planning on grilling out last night but uh, I had to coach soccer so that didn't happen I had bacon wrapped steak kebabs sounds delicious and uh, chicken kebab for Danielle now, did you really grill out, or did you go over to the neighbor's house and ask them to grill it for you? No, I really grilled out. Well, uh-huh. you know, almost got me cussing you out. Huh? I said, you almost got me cussing you out. Yeah, I grilled out. Get out of here. All right, then. So, uh, how about those NKU Norse? I was in great state. Oh, no, I know you were, but how about those NKU Norse? Congratulations. Just the- icing on the cake. For my week, they've been eligible for three years to make it to the they've NCAA well. tournament, and they've made it two of the three years. And the other, in the third year, they made the NIT. Yeah, that's true. Which is not, which is not something that everybody in that conference can say. So, congratulations to us. Well, to me, congratulations. I, guess. I mean, it's good to see a local team doing well. I just didn't want it to be that team that night. Yeah, I mean, the Bearcats went out in December and beat the area's most premier team, and then they turned around and beat Xavier four days later. It was a big week in hindsight, that tweet from For all those listening that don't know, I'm not a hater. I just went to Wright State, so. I understand. I understand. And I did graduate from Wright State, so it's not just that I went there. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you seen the, <laughs> the trailer for the Avengers Endgame yet? Uh, no, I don't get into Marvel movies, man. Well, it just came out today. It looks so good. God, I can't wait. Didn't you go see it last week, last Thursday? Uh, I'm going to talk Captain Marvel. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But the uh, the Avengers Endgame is the sequel to the Avengers uh, Infinity War. So this is going to be the big one where they probably will kill off some characters. That especially the ones that aren't coming back, like maybe a Tony Stark or a Chris Evans or a Thor, um, which is, uh, what's his name? Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. He has a giant hammer. Could kill, yeah, they could kill any of those guys off because uh, they're not in contract past this movie. And some of them have mentioned not wanting to come back. 
That was a reference to the tool that he uses in the movie, not anything else. I just realized what I said, and I want to make sure we cleared it up. What you got? Um, F the rain. I'm sorry? F the rain? I, I don't know what word you're saying. Oh, the rain? Are you saying F the rain? Yeah, F the rain. Oh. I always thought that was one word. No, no. <laughs> um, you're going to have to bleep that one, too. Um, no. Yeah, the rain, no. Um, I didn't really... I mean, it didn't bother me too much today. I didn't have to worry about tornadoes or hiding in basement, so... Well, I, I was in Butler, in Butler and Warren County, and that's a little bit north of you. Well, well, good for you. Next? Have you bought any Easter egg candy yet? No, but I did see that the Starbursts were, jelly beans were out, and so I'm going to have to pick some of those up. We just opened our second bag of Starburst jelly beans here in the house. You cannot also, not buy I, those. Huh? You cannot not buy those. Danielle's addicted to them. It's her crack. Um, also, I definitely, uh, when I made the run for um, Pardon the Punctuation beer last week, I did buy a handful of um, Cadbury cream eggs. They had like buy two get one free. So and you didn't bring them in. I was there. No, I ate all of them. That's a good partner. Yep. Well, I didn't know you felt the same way that I do about Cadbury cream eggs. Uh, yeah, everybody. Some does. people don't like them at all. Everybody loves Cadbury cream eggs. That's not true. Goats, dinosaurs. Lions. Over in England, they have a Cadbury cream egg McFlurry at their McDonald's. Stop! They do not. I swear, I've seen it on Unilad. I'm checking. I will get confirmation. Google that. I will. Cadbury cream egg McFlurry. Actually, uh, if we're going to talk about shakes, uh, the Skyline... Shamrock shake. Well, oh. the Skyline in um, uh, Wilmington, Ohio, so out here in Claremont County, has a Mountain Dew shake. You know, Mountain Dew years ago. Oh, I didn't. I had one tonight. <laughs> I know you didn't. What's delicious. your question, man? Um, how about NKU Barstool? They're pretty cool, right? Are they? Yeah. So, okay. Obviously, you didn't read that either. Do you spend any time on Twitter? I did. I didn't memorize it, but I did laugh at it. But so, go on. Recap. So, so UC Barstool. So UC Barstool congratulated NKU Barstool and said you're officially the second best team in the 275 loop. NKU Barstool responds, Thanks, and I know geography is hard, but we're not inside the 275 loop. UC responds, yeah, It's a good comeback. I mean, and I, it took me a minute because they're just, just outside of it, but it's fine. Um, so UC responds, Either way, you guys are better than X. And NKU responds, We'll take that. Hey, XU Barstool, you guys got some dancing shoes we can borrow since you won't be needing them this year? Did XU respond? No, because they don't respond, which is awesome. <laughs> Drop the mic. Yeah. So, are that, you? that happened. Are you as excited as I am about Game of Thrones coming back next month? I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. Doesn't matter. 
I'm you a, should be excited. You've, you've had plenty of time to get hip. I'm not trying to get hip to that, man. I'm actually getting. I'm actually thinking about starting, uh, starting up um, from the beginning of Sons of, An- Sons of Anarchy again. I feel bad for you. I don't feel bad for myself. But tell me about how much you love Game of Thrones. Well, I'm excited that it's coming back next month. Although everyone's disappointed that it was supposed to be movie length every episode because they're only doing six. Every episode was supposed to be movie length. So roughly an hour and a half. Uh, The first two episodes have been reported as under an hour. Under an hour? Under an hour. That's horrible. Big news. Like 54 and 58 or something like that. I I wish you'd ask me more questions about Married at First Sight. Uh, I can't give you anything on that. Okay, well, go ahead and watch that. When you start watching that, then I'll start watching Game of Thrones. I hate you. Okay. Hey, um, how do you count attendance at sporting events? (laughs) Shout out Stewie Gilchrist. He is living rent-free inside of every Xavier fan's head, and I love it. Cause it's now up in. They're like the first. To, they're like the first to respond to anything that he says. It's been like three weeks since he made that comment, and they're still, they're still hounding him for this. They, they, unbelievable. Apparently, they don't know how to count over in Norwood. Accurate. So that's always awesome. I did have somebody shout out to the second school in Cincinnati that nobody remembers um, at a uh, adopt a class that I was at this week, where like we adopt. Yeah, uh, first grade class, and we go and volunteer like an hour of our time a month and hang out with these kids, whatever. Somebody's like, "Yeah, I went to that other school that nobody ever remembers in Cincinnati." I was like, "There's a reason it's not Cincinnati." It's not what he didn't like that at all. Wow, that's that's pretty awesome. Brought my A game. Yeah, good job. Um, so, have you brought yourself to read Justin Williams' article on the Athletic about Kmart yet? I haven't. I think I was... we already touched on this, where you said you didn't. But are you going to? I I, I am. I'm going to. Um, when he said that, what was yesterday? Wednesday. So Tuesday night, when he said, "Guys, I'm getting ready to drop a story that some of you may not like, um, but please give it a read, anyways." I knew it was either the Nevada game or this one or the Kenyon Martin story. And turns out to be the Kenyon Martin story. Um, I cannot bring myself to watch that video again. So I don't know that I can bring myself to read that article. But I will read it because... It's Justin. It's Justin, and ESPN does not give him the respect that he deserves. And neither does the Kenny AAC. Kenny Martin or Justin? Uh, Justin. Oh. Um, why would ESPN give him respect? I don't know. Everyone should give him respect. Probably. He's an awesome writer. Agreed. Um, he's really, really good. He's um, one of the reasons however, why I got the athletic. Um, I feel like ESPN doesn't like the athletic because it's directly going against everything that they're trying to do simultaneously. It's fine. So there's that. Um, but I will be reading it. I will not read it until literally it's a uh, just me being... Um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, superstitious. I won't read it until the tournament's over. Ooh, dang it. Now I'm not going to read it until the tournament's over. Now that you brought I that up, I can't it, do it. But I can't. I can't. I can't until the tournament's over. Uh, I'll read it after the tournament. 
I should go and save so, it. I should go and save it right now. Last thing I want to do is see Karen's chin sticking out of his leg, and it's because shut up. I read shut up. Shut up. Anyway, shut up. Ask um, my yeah. Ask your question. Yeah, one more. Oh, I do. I'm done. Uh, do you follow uh, the Indianapolis uh, former kicker Pat McAfee, or is that how you pronounce his name? I don't follow him, but the dude is a treasure trove. On Twitter, of quotes. So uh, this, of quotes, just in general, like his life. So this morning he tweeted, uh, "Just got on a Southwest plane for the first time in ages, thinking about kicking balls again." Now that caught my attention because I flew Southwest for four, four I can't talk, four flights uh, back in November, um, and it's probably the worst airline I've ever flown on. Um, but he continued by saying, "A lady in the row ahead of us has no idea that that her headphones are not connected to her phone. Some weird ass techno blasting through the airplane right now. A couple extendo seatbelts not working for the humans t- to our right. Everything's going great." And then after that, he tweeted again. A lady is now standing in the shitter area, asking the flight attendants why there are bumps and that she didn't sign up for this. The flight attendants are now attempting to explain how flying works. The Wright brothers just got a fucking <laughs> shout out. If you're not following him on Twitter, it's at Pat, or sorry, at Pat McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E show, S-H-O-W. My favorite story that he's ever told that I've heard is him on Levitard. And he was telling a story about how he was at a casino with Peyton Manning. Oh, God. And Peyton Manning walks by, shoots finger guns at him, tells him to place it all on, uh, what was his number back in uh, in Indy? Was it, for some reason I want to say 14. What was it? it? I want to say it was 14 for some reason. 19 or 14. Whatever his number was, 11 maybe? Uh, May have been. I don't remember. Whatever his number was, he told him to put everything on that so everyone at the table did, and it hit. And he said that was when he knew that Peyton Manning holds more power than most humans around Earth. <laughs> it was actually number 18, but that's hilarious as well. 18, well played. Um, but yeah, they all put their money on 18, and it hit as Peyton Manning was already gone. He didn't even stick around to watch it. Just shot finger guns at Pat McAfee at like 3 in the morning, said put it all on 18, it hit for everyone on the table. Everyone celebrated it. <laughs> he walked away. Basically calling him a god amongst men. It sounds like it's possible that that tweet could have kept going on. Um, because when I googled to make sure that Pat paid for the Colts, um, I am seeing more, more tweets about that. So uh, go follow it. It's a good one. All right. We got one more thank you, right? Oh, we do have one more thank you. Let me go ahead and pull that up here. Here it is. Oh, let me turn off the music first before we play that. Maybe. There we go. All right. So here's our last shout out. Hey, Uncle. Um, I like your podcast. I hope you have a good anniversary. Um, I hope you can make more soon. I, um, I'm a big fan. Love, I love you. Your nephew said this um, message. Love you, Uncle. 
I love, I love that he calls you uncle and then has to say, has to remind you that he's, he's your nephew. That's fantastic. Um, that, of course, is my nephew who's been on the show several times. Um, Liam, he is in New England, and he's really struggling right now because he's from here. And so my sister obviously has Cincinnati ties where she's like, no, Reds and Bengals. Well, his dad is from Kansas City, and he's like, no, Chiefs, Royals. And then they're in New England where all of his friends are like, Patriots, yeah, all Patriots, Red Sox. And he doesn't know what to do because he's like, I want to be a cool kid, and all the cool kids are Patriots, Red Sox. What do you mean? So he's very confused. I'd be confused too. I'd be extremely confused as well. So, with that said, Bum the Week! Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum! You are a bum! You're a bum! And that's all you'll ever be! A bum! Well, that hurts, man. Alright, can I go first with the bum? Yep. Alright, so I'm going to play my Bum of the Week. And you guys will all understand in just a minute why this person is my bum. What is your emergency? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm calling because there's someone up in front of our house. We just drove home, and he's yelling and screaming and, like, flailing his arm. A frantic 911 call to Shaker Heights Police Tuesday night. And I don't want to get my kids out of the car yet because I don't know what's going on. First, I thought it was a woman because it was very high pitched. Corita Jackson lives on Winslow Road. And then I saw this man running down the street, just flailing his arms. And I was like, oh my God. So I put my kids back in the car, of course. And so I was called the police. <laughs> and then, boom, we got OBJ. I was so excited. I couldn't help myself. I was just jumping around my house, and my little brother told me to stop, but I couldn't because I was so excited. Robert Stewart lives right across the street. Couldn't nothing stop me. <laughs> so I had to come rejoice outside. We got Odell! We got Odell! We got We got We got Odell! We got Odell! Jumping up and down the street. We got OBJ. Like, oh my God. However, so this lady calls the cops on this kid because he's outside celebrating, as he should as a Browns fan, that they got Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what to make of any of that. That's a hot mess. I mean, everyone's upset that Odell Beckham Jr. is with the Browns, but. I can't believe that woman called the police on someone for celebrating. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not mad. However, I'm not upset. Week is also here in the AFC North. I'm gonna go with Le'Veon Bell. Uh oh. Everything he did backfired. He didn't play. He didn't get paid. And now he's actually making less money than the Steelers offered him to go play for the Jets. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown played. He dyed his mustache blonde, yeah, and his hair blue and blonde, and he literally made a mockery of the entire Steelers team while getting a raise, having his contract extended, and now he got traded to Oakland. An argument could also be made that the Brunies would be the bums of the week because they stood behind old-ass Big Ben through all of this. You be the judge. I think the Steelers are going to not be good this year. But if you want to know what uh, he looks like with that 
uh, mustache dyed blonde, just look up a picture of a walrus. <laughs> Somebody it's very strange and uncomfortable. It's it was very weird when I saw that interview. I think it's already gone though. Um, I, I saw hope. a video of him today uh, wearing an Oakland hat and celebrating uh, by doing push-ups, I believe, outside. And I don't believe he had that awful mustache anymore. He was doing push-ups outside. Who is he, T.O.? I don't know, man. He's just excited. He had his Raiders hat on. So, um, With that all said, uh, one thing I did want to mention before we leave this podcast, I totally forgot. Um, Chad Ochocinco is playing soccer now. I saw that as well. Officially. So congrats, Chad. Making a dream come true. Um, one day when, we, when FC Cincinnati makes it on FIFA, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to play him. Um, he's not professional. You do realize that, right? No, no. I'm saying I'm going to play him online because he likes to play people oh, all right. in FIFA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do uh, what's in his fridge. It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? All right. I'm going to grab my beer real quick. Go ahead and talk. Yep. Well, I am opening my beer right now. I have Mad Tree Shade. Um, it's a blackberry tart ale with sea salt, which sounds like a weird combination, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's a uh, alcohol by volume 4.6%. Uh, I don't see the actual... Uh, I don't see anything other than that, so that's what I'm going with. Well, Blackberry with. tart ale. So what I'm you going, got, bud? I'm going original. I'm going with the Christian Moorliner original lager uh, because I wasn't to go with the with the um, the red velvet uh, donut beer again with Ric Flair on it, uh, but I decided I didn't want Ooh. anything that heavy, so I grabbed this original lager. Uh, to comm- commemorate our original podcast one year ago today. Fair enough. Well, cheers to you, Ed, from several miles away. It feels weird doing this without you. I can see for miles and miles. No? Nope. No, we won't do that again. Um, who thumbs up for, uh, the shade by Mad Tree. All right, there you go. All the good, all the good uh, 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 Reds beers are getting ready to come out again. So you got Can't that wait. nineteen was it nineteen fifty seven from Braxton? You got Hustle, Hustle coming out. You have uh, Mad Tree. Mad Tree's uh, going. What's theirs rounding called? Rounding third. Yeah, rounding third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got some good stuff coming out. We'll have to do that one next week, I think. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Alright, man. Well, for everybody, uh, well, well, for, for myself and Ed, I, I think I can say thank you for one year. It's been one hell of an adventure, and I don't think either of us a year ago saw where we'd be, um, where, where we've come, wh- what we've done. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's been an incredible experience. And for that, I humbly thank you. I thank everyone as well. Um, you know, I, 
a year ago. I thought it was just really going to be just Aaron and I talking uh, to each other every week. Um, and then people, our friends and family downloading. <laughs> our friends and family downloading. Um, but, you know, after that game last week or two weeks ago at UC, and that, that guy actually knew who we were or actually knew of the podcast, that was kind of awesome. Um, you know, and then from sending that first email out to uh, TBT asking if we can get press passes for our um, – at that time, I think we had maybe 500 downloads uh, podcast. Um, and them actually giving them to us. Uh, it's been a fun ride. So here's to that, and here's to, uh, as everybody else said, many more. Another year, man. Another year. All right. Well, with that said, I love you, Ed, and I'm not ashamed to say it. And, uh, again, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks. We'll catch you next time.